All right. Well. <laughs> this is Tommy C. Your weekly supply of the dark side. Not just the dogmatic narrow view of the Jedi. Hello, everybody. My name is Josh Roach. I am Casey Schreffler. And I'm Josh Timkew. Josh Roach, why does your hair look green? Monday, July 29th, and there are 143 days left until Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Josh, did you dye your hair (laughs) green? No. (laughs) It's natural. Oh, gotcha. No, it's just the reflection of the uh, green screen that I have behind me. However, the uh, the webcam that none of our listeners can see is not very good on my my computer, and that's why. Uh, it's... You were just born to be Batman's villain. No, no, no. He's in the Matrix right now. That's why he's got the green. Tint. Oh yeah, the green tint. We did that too with our little Matrix. I'm just as cool as Keanu Reeves. I think. You're breathtaking. That whole thing went viral. <laughs> You're breathtaking. <laughs> apparently the guy who said that to Keanu who called him breathtaking got like a bunch of free stuff <laughs> yeah. I heard he was heckling everybody but you know that one took off and went viral so they, they gave him a bunch of swag wow never know I guess I'm gonna start a precedent <laughs> I, I sent out a snapchat I don't know if you guys saw it I don't think I have Tim Q on snapchat we went to Disneyland our passes expired. We did like two full days. We did Disney California Adventure the first day, a little bit the second day, and then Disneyland um, the last majority of the second day. And uh, we went to Galaxy's Edge and stuff. So uh, we went to there and to get in. You've heard of Oga's Cantina, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to like that place you have to get in there super early to make a reservation. Otherwise you don't get in. Like it fills up super fast. Carla didn't want to go in. We were there with her and Natalia. And, um, I told Carla, I was like, I'm going to try to get in. And Carla's like, well, just stand in line and see if you can get in. And I said, no, that's not going to happen. So I pulled out a, an old Kelly Jones, my mom trick. Again, you did this to these poor Disney people again. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't hurt. I didn't hurt anybody. There was plenty of room in there. I was just one person, so I uh, I went up to the cast member there, and I was like, and I was just like, <sighs> question. I left to use the restroom. We came in with the party of six. Obviously a lie, right? Came with the party of six. Um, I don't know what name they use on the reservation. Um. Could be Smith, could be Jones. I, yeah, I want to come in and get my last drink. Like, what Like, what are my options? She's like, well, can you call them and see if they'll come out and get you? And I, and I pulled out my phone. I started scrolling. And I was like, is that the only option? Because it's super loud in there. I don't think they'll answer. And I started putting the phone up. And she's like, well, did you wait in line? And I was like, yeah. Like, we waited in line. We got the text. We came back. Waited in line again. They're in there on the right. I had this one drink that made your mouth numb because it's true. One of the drinks in there, it's it's called the Tauntaun Fizz. 
uh, it's made with this like weird pepper. It's not hot, but it literally like numbs your lips and stuff like that. And uh, she's like, okay, I trust you. It's a what? A peppercorn. It's a peppercorn, not a pepper. Okay. But uh, so, yeah, so peppercorn's so she, just like black pepper, like you know what you sprinkle, like salt and pepper, right? Yeah, but it's a special one that like literally numbs your lips and like the inside of your mouth a little bit and a tongue. It's a what? A Szechuan peppercorn. Szechuan pepper. Szechuan peppercorn. Okay. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, you can eat them raw, and I think it does the same thing too. But yeah, no, she's like, okay, yeah, I trust you. Went in, got, got my drink. Carla says she has some of those peppers, peppercorns, and I can uh, take some with me when I come home. Oh, sweet. I may need one to drink that stupid pop out of Sean's dad's fridge. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that might be the end of Tim. <laughs> so, uh, Kanye West in Star Wars news, Casey, what do you think? I can't form an opinion because I don't know what Kanye's West story is kanye's west what do you think tim q yeah yeah i'm not sure what you're teasing either kanye west is uh he's starting a uh like a housing project for low-income families and um there's star wars themed houses like what like shacks from like mos eisley <laughs> Tatooine? yeah like uh yeah. Or are we talking like naboo adobe obi adobe style huts why does he do like? Is he a Star Wars fan like that? Yeah, apparently, I guess he's a pretty big Star Wars fan. Apparently, but like, why? So you're gonna build homes for poor people and force <laughs> them to live in like rocks? Force them. <laughs> force them. Tim Kid, do you remember what my dream used to be? Yeah, yeah. You wanted to build a one-to-one replica of the Obi Wan uh, his his estate on yeah. Tatooine. Yeah, just like a walk-in, like, standing museum of, like, the set, like, real life of Obi-Wan Kenobi's hut. And now, so many poor people can make that come true. Right, but have these poor people been to the movie theaters and seen the movies and seen Star Wars? Probably most of them. In other news, next thing we have to talk about is, uh, Case, you remember the video game that was announced when we were at Star Wars Celebration, Fallen Order? There's, yes. There's there's been some controversy over the here. <clears throat> controversy, as in how? Controversy. People are upset that it's a white guy. What? Yeah, people are upset that we have a, a, a white male human protagonist in another Star Wars thing. So the developers of this game have come out and said, like, hey, look, when we were developing the game, we thought, all right, we need a main character. These days, they're kind of handcuffed by their ma- everything they make it's canon so you don't get to like customize characters as much as like what you used to have they uh, not met lando calrissian and jar jar binks and well, here's here's what they said they were like look we we thought about Space making Windu. yeah <laughs> we yeah. thought about making an, uh, making a character, an alien but we figured People might not be able to relate to an alien as much. So then we thought about making it a girl. But hey, we just had Jenner, so we, we currently have Ray. Uh, the we, Battlefront the Two. Yeah, the the main character of Battlefront Two was um, what's her name, G- Gina Javankar or whatever her name her name in real life is. Uh, 
you know, we had Ahsoka in the Clone Wars. So we figured we'd, uh, we'd have just a, a dude, right? But uh, people are pretty upset with that. What, what, what do you think, Casey? Would you have been okay with an alien species protagonist? Yeah, because it's another Star Wars game. I don't care who the protagonist is. If you look at the movie The Last Jedi, at the end of the movie, it was a little white freaking blonde boy that pulled the broom to his hand. And if, it, if that was a little black kid or a little alien kid, I wouldn't have cared. I wouldn't have cared because all I care about is getting more Star Wars stuff. Right. <laughs> all I care about. You're welcome. Uh, well, Bob, Bob Iger has succeeded with Casey. This Bob, Casey is Bob Iger's favorite kind of man. Uh, yeah, I mean, Tim Q, does it make a difference to you if it's an alien character or if it's uh, a guy or a girl or? Well, no, no, honestly, doesn't make a big difference to me. But if you're talking about representation, like there are lots of white dude protagonists out there. So I'm speaking from a a white dude point of view, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and that, I mean, that, that's the only point of view we have. Like, I could ask my wife. I'm not going to ask my ex, who is half black, half Pakistani. I'm sure she would like some sort of representation as well. But again, we have Lando, and we have uh, what's the what's the tribe in Solo, the movie, the uh, Emphis Nest. Yeah, well, Emphis Nest and her uh, wind or sky something or others. Her- yeah, and then in Rise of Skywalker, there's like aunt like riding an alien steed is a black girl like the and the and like the a, a lot of the last jedi was spent with finn and rose a black dude and an asian woman like they're doing pretty good at covering their bases so i don't understand why people are getting so mad about having another white person be the protagonist if you look at the fan base of star wars it's probably mostly white people i mean asian people are technically white people you know that's i just i don't see i don't see how it's a big deal i yeah, don't and I, I wouldn't be mad either way i would like i wouldn't i wouldn't have been mad if it was a black dude or if it was an asian woman or if it was an ethorian with that ugly ass smile i wouldn't care <laughs> i wouldn't care yeah so i don't know why people are caring yeah yeah Speaking of, uh, you mentioned uh, uh, Jana from uh, The Rise of Skywalker, who we saw in that uh, that CG steed with uh, with Finn. Um, so San Diego Comic Con just ended. We didn't get a whole lot of Star Wars news out of it, but one of the things we did get was the release of the cover for Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, the Visual Dictionary, and on it is Jana's energy bow, a repurposed blaster barrel. What do you make of that case? I don't understand how that works. If it shoots out a laser, you can just pull a trigger. So I'm wondering if it's some like different technology to where you like you shoot it out and it actually sticks and stays. Hmm. Like it persists kind of like when Kylo froze the blaster bolt, bolt that Poe shot at him in Force Awakens. I wonder if it's like a persistent type of laser that Kind of like we'll a plasma s- grenade, like a sticky? Kind of, yeah, but it doesn't blow up. I, like, maybe it just, like, sticks there and stays there for a certain amount of time. But, or or uh, there was a movie with Henry Cavill 
Um, no, it was it was like a Egyptian god thing. Zeus. The Witcher. Nope, wasn't that. It was a movie a while ago. But he had the bow. Mission Impossible. Where he didn't have to shoot. Uh, he didn't have to. Sh- he didn't have to like have an actual arrow. He just pulled the drawstring back, and like a light, an arrow of light yeah. was generated. And that's what I'm thinking. This is Brian. So I wonder if it's. That's I wonder if it's something like that. It could be, but um, so I'm saying that there's a repurposed blaster barrel, but um, the the energy for the blaster bolts is usually stored in some kind of uh, energy cell, right? But we don't really see anything like that in the bow, so I'm just wondering if there's some kind well, of. It could it could be inside of the bow. Well, it doesn't look like there's much to it other than like the bow. Maybe the like the bow is actually creating some sort of like kinetic energy or something, and it's like being. Instead of having a, a a battery pack, it's every time you pull the trigger, it's creating enough energy to. Well, and you also have to notice that it says energy bow. It's not like a blaster rifle or something. But like that. but it is a blast a repurposed blaster barrel. So right, maybe there's but, some kind of transition re- from kinetic energy to um, energy energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah whatever blaster. I don't know. Yeah 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 yeah. That's an interesting yeah. idea. But I mean, but I mean, repurpose means that it's been changed, modified, right? Right. So, or used in something else, right? And it, and it's literally called an energy bow. So there's right. So I, she's not going to be shooting arrows. She's going to be shooting blast type energy of some sort. Well, maybe it's repurposed. So it might it, it might be it's energy of some kind, right? But will it be a laser? Will it be one of those like persistent lasers that like? Is there a way in the Star Wars universe to create something out of energy and make it stay in the world for longer and and not move forward once it hits an object? I don't know. I mean, once it, it kind of like blaster bolts kind of disperse. One, the only thing we could go off of that is like a lightsaber, but it base it needs to be connected to its power source, so. Right, but it okay. Yeah, agree to disagree, I guess. But I mean, who knows? We, nobody knows. It. I'm just, I'm just, I was just like, I understand what you're saying. Like, it, I, uh, a bolt like that that could maintain after it's been loosed, even yeah. after somebody could just like go through somebody and like land on the ground and continue to and, sit there. And and I don't think it's going to be a straight shot. Like you shoot it straight, like you shoot it straight up at the sky. I don't think it'll keep going forever. I think it's going to be like an actual arc. Well, we even saw that in the Last Jedi that the uh, guns, like the blaster, um, energy beams or whatever, had an arc. Uh, also on the cover of Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker's Visual Dictionary, we have C-3PO himself, not sporting a red arm or a silver leg. Not much different there. Just uh, yeah. No, I mean, great. I guess for him. Yeah, if he if he's if he's self conscious about it, sure. Um, good for C three PO. Knowing three PO, he probably is. Probably is. He, he, he is because he did say at one point he probably didn't. Wasn't he? He said like, "Oh, you probably didn't recognize me because of my arm or something." Yeah, he like he like interrupted the sentimental reunion of uh, Han and Leia. Like, oh, Master Solo, it's me, C three PO. You probably didn't recognize me because I have this red arm. Yeah. Then, of course, if we scroll over here to the right side, we have Ray. 
with the blaster that Han Solo gave her. Still with the blaster that Han Solo gave her and her uh, recently washed clothes. Yeah, they're not dirty. Yeah, she's got some forearm muscles there too. She's been training. Yeah, yeah, she's uh, got some shorter wraps now. She's got a leather strap over where uh, she presumably probably has a scar now from her uh, battle with the uh, Praetorian guards and uh, the Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah. She's got the legacy lightsaber repaired. Repaired. Is it just me or does a Sith trooper helmet that's there on screen kind of look like a Lego version of it? Because of all the ribbing? Yeah. It's very angular. It is angular. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the angles aren't the problem. Like, I think the ribbing makes it look, uh, yeah, I don't know, it just makes it look uh, pixelated a little bit, kind of like uh, like the old old video games. Yeah. Well, I think that, like, the blocky, it's much more blocky and angular than the other, any of the other trooper helmets that we've ever had, actually. Like, you have a lot yeah. of... I like that because my beard would definitely fall under that. You could you could have like a guy with a big ass beard if you wanted to, some sort of hippie Sith. Yeah, there you go, there you go. You try to give uh, Hawes Burkhart from um, the Rogue One podcast, and the uh, uh, he's he's the Star Wars beard of knowledge. He's also from the Blue Harvest podcast. Uh, there you go. Go head to head with uh, old Hawes Burkhart, Casey. Mm-hmm. Let's get that I'm going. Still, I'm still working on the beard. Oh, we can get a we can get a trivia contest going and see if you can uh, usurp him for the Star Wars beard and knowledge. What do you think? I'm willing to bet that he'll win. <laughs> I'm sure I can come up with stuff that he hasn't heard before. If we're if we're going toe to toe like that, then we have Dio, the new droid, Ronnie. James Dio, the droid. <clears throat> Dio. I, we met him. Well, not met, but we saw him at Star Wars Celebration. Ronnie James Dio? Well, no, uh, just the droid Dio. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he was a cool droid. Looks I like think, a hairdryer. What does he do? I think he's going to be – he does. It's probably that's kind of what that portion of it is. Probably some sort of exhaust point. <laughs> But uh, uh, he seemed cute and lovable. I think he's going to be popular with the kids. Yes, yeah, so, I don't know what he does yet. Yeah, you, yeah, you guys bring up a good point. Like, so you have astromech droids. They're for like repairs and like general utilities. They're, they're mechanics, right? Uh, then you have three uh, PO units, protocol units, and they're you know human cyborg relations. You've got a gonk droid. It's like a, po- a walking power droid batter a huge you know battery um mouse droids deliver messages what what do you guys think this guy's uh function is well i mean you could program a droid to do anything you could build a droid to do anything that looks like a droid that was just built right yeah you could program a droid to do anything like you can like in some of the comics and stuff now we have protocol droids that are programmed to like kill people we have droids that are programmed to ig88 there's battle droids super but i mean ig88 combat uh the like b1 battle droids and like super battle droids droid to cause they're built for they are built for combat you could reprogram them to be like a friendly pet or something you know but they have an original function what do you guys think 
do you guys do you guys think this is like just some spare parts thrown together? Yeah, I don't think that this is a uh, a mass produced droid. I think this is a droid built yeah. by somebody from the resistance to do resistance like things. I don't think it's yeah, I don't think it's Are we seeing like a resistance mouse droid? Could be. So it looks it looks pretty small. There are antennae coming off the back, so there could be some uh communications functionality. Almost just looks like a big speaker. So Yeah, yeah. It it just kinda it there's not much to it, so it must just have a purpose or two, maybe. Um it, it just doesn't seem very complicated. I think it's going to be comedic relief, kind of like uh, when BB-8 played a pretty big role. He's basically an astromech droid, right? Um, but like when uh, when Finn was trying to get the location of the Rebel base, uh, when he was trying to be par- pretending to be part of the Resistance while Ray was trying to fix the Millennium Falcon, um, you know, Finn did the thumbs up, and then BB-8 went with the lighter as like a thumbs up. I think that. This droid's just going to be comedic relief. Hmm. On here we have the TIE Dagger. New TIE Fighter. Basically the center and the like support arms look the same, but we've got some triangle-shaped wings. In- instead of octagons, eh? Yeah, or, or yeah. Or like straight squares. Yeah, so I think these are like the... If I had to guess, they're they're probably very fast. Very fast. Very dangerous. Very fast. Well, yeah, yeah you have to be you have to be aerodynamic when you're flying through the vacuum of space. Well, no, I mean, a lot of battles, like the when uh, when Han Solo was captured and stuff uh, with Finn, and when Ray faced Kylo outside of Maz Kanata's, that was. You know, that was a, an atmospheric flight. Yeah, yeah, and the, and the final so. battle in Rogue One, too. Yeah, so I, that was a dumb thing to say. But, uh, yeah, the, the new the new TIE daggers are quite uh, angular, and um, I couldn't help but notice the color scheme, too, um, bringing in the red some more. It, it kind of reminds me somewhat of the, the TIE striker that we were introduced to uh, in Rogue One. Yeah, it looks like it. But uh, they were they were only for atmos like for uh, for flying in atmosphere. The tie daggers could not go into space. Like I would like uh, for me, the tie dagger is probably going to be the fast and fighting capability equivalent of like an A wing. Right, right. That's yeah. what I that's what I see it as. Yeah, even the word dagger, just like a, a small knife, you know, it's it's not a claymore, you know, it's not a heavy hitter, just kind of a small, quick sort of thing. It could be a kamikaze thing, too. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, maybe they're taking some inspiration from Holdo. Well, why, why man it, then? I mean, it could easily just be a droid. Well, when you, when you, well, you could man it because... Human pilots have always, it's been like an ongoing argument for a long time. Like the human pilot reaction and senses have always been better than droid calculations. But then why? Um, blow them up? Or, sure. But, but if, if the purpose is just to be kamikaze, I don't think you man the thing. 
I well, just, I think I think you do because they they uh, mine like brainwash these kids into being part of the first order. They've already destroyed the republic. They could probably recruit or steal whoever they need to as children to train. So they they're just throwing bodies at a problem. That's what I think. Yeah, but I think it's still more expensive and it'd be more cost effective to just have a droid brain or something in these things then you got to wonder how much it costs the first order to you know the cost of like uh capturing these kids the the resources they expend for taking over planets stealing children then well i think after brainwashing training supplying I think after The Last Jedi, though, it's not necessarily about cost because it's just, again, they're ruling with fear, just like the Empire did. They're not, they're not so much worried about cost because they destroyed all the Republic planets, basically, um, with, with a Starkiller base in The Force Awakens. And then there's basically none of the Resistance left at the end of The Last Jedi. So it's just just the First Order, and they have these crazy ships. What they call it, the the exit, the, we have a chance to take this out, Poe Dameron, like sitting in front of it. Oh, Dreadnought. Yeah. So I think, I think that they just take what they need. Hmm. I don't think that they're worried about costs. I think they go into places and milk it and take it. Yeah, I think we're going to be seeing uh, radical takeover of the first order on a bunch of very key planets and maybe heading the charge on this could be this guy here front and center or these one of the guys here front and center on the star wars uh, visual dictionary and that is a knight of ren and if and if you think about it we'll get back to the knight of ren thing but i, I want to continue <laughs> briefly the uh when they were stealing the they were taking the kyber crystals off of jedi you think kyber crystals would be very very valuable you know what I mean? They were just taking them. They weren't paying anything for them. They took them. Right. Well, they are valuable, but the yeah, Empire, but, the, but yeah, but yeah, they just took them. So why wouldn't they? Why just they were on. Uh, that's why they were on Jeddah too. They were. They went into the Temple of the Wills. Yeah, that's Sheru, where we meet Sharut and uh, and Bays. They uh, where they used to hang out, and uh, the tank was just full of Kyber crystals. They were just taking these sacred Kyber crystals and taking them. And the the book, the Star Wars book, uh, Jedi Master and Apprentice, that I just went through again. They uh, they think they this this jewel thief thinks he's found a a huge cache of uh, untapped Kyber crystal, and it turns out to be basically fool's Kyber crystal, or they call it a colon crystal. But uh, <laughs> they, colon like a butt. Yeah, they they express. Uh, they express that it's, uh, you know, if, if it were Kyber, then they could make a bunch of money off of it. Interesting. But we have uh, the Knight of Ren here. What do you make of him, Tim Q? What are you thinking? Well, he looks pretty formidable. I mean, the, the, the black sort of leathery-looking armor, it's uh, intimidating. The, the scythe he has is, is just kind of a barbaric looking weapon and then um looking at the the book cover with all the knights of ren it was a comic book cover uh they all seem to have different weapons so he's the only one with the scythe i think but um 
yeah, they just seem to be pretty um, intimidating guys. They're probably going to be good with whatever their respective weapons are. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what their role is. Well, I mean, well, yeah, they should be good because they were basically taken from Luke's Jedi training facility by Kylo, right? Were they? So we have here, Tim Q references the cover of the uh, just announced um, four-part Star Wars uh, comic that's coming out in December. And that is uh, Star Wars, The Rise of Kylo Ren. Uh, written by David S. Goyer, who was the guy who uh, wrote the second run of Darth Vader comics that's been pretty pretty praised and universally liked. Uh, and his subtitle, he said, for this, that he calls it himself, is From Ben to Ren. He said that we're going to see Luke Skywalker, we're going to see Ben's, uh, Ben Solo training as a Jedi, and presumably we're going to see the events of that night when... Uh, when Ben woke up and old Uncle Luke was standing over his bed. Yeah, but I mean, so, I mean, they, maybe they weren't taken. Maybe they joined. He, get, he gave them an option, you know? This Who is did? what happened. He told a lie. Ky, like, Kylo was like, yeah, Master Luke attacked me. He can't be trusted. Come with me. Take care of you. Everybody else that we know here. Because he was probably the most and the best trained because he was family of Luke. You could, you could probably assume that, right? He probably had some, you know, extra training. He has a lightsaber. The other ones don't have a lightsaber. So he knows how to create one. Well, like Luke said, he never saw that type of power before. So we're presuming that he would be the most powerful there. If, if we're going to assume that these are in fact, all prior Jedi students. Sure. I, I, I don't think Luke would have given anybody special treatment uh, just because they're family, but I think Kylo will be talented and powerful just because of his lineage, perhaps. Well, you can define special treatment in different ways. Like You can separate the training from the family aspect, because you could probably assume that while he was there training with Luke, that Kylo probably sat down with him a few different times and talked to them, talked to Luke person to person, you know, nephew to uncle about the past and Darth Vader. How else would he know about Darth Vader? You know what I mean? Why? How else would he know to idolize Darth Vader unless Luke actually spoke to him about these things? And it would most likely be in private. I don't think Luke would want to indulge new trainees into the dark side and the history of the dark side if he was trying to create a new Jedi order, I don't think he would do that. An interesting point that is somewhat covered in the, in the novel bloodline that takes place like five or six years before the force awakens deals a lot with uh, a lot of political stuff going on. Princess Leia, she's running for um, basically chancellor. They're calling it like a new position. They're creating first Senator. And at this point, it is a closely guarded secret that she is the daughter of Darth Vader. Like nobody knows about this except for Luke, Han, and like Chewie. Like they haven't even told Ben. Ben in this book, they say that Ben and Luke are off running around the galaxy, and she hasn't heard from them in quite a long time. Uh, but it her one of her political rivals finds out via a hologram that Bail Organa had left for Leia in case he were to die before he could tell her that she was in fact the daughter of Darth Vader. 
pretty much ruins her campaign and she sends a hollow message out to Ben. She's not able to contact him and have like a conversation with him, but she's like, I'm sorry, you got to find out about it this way. But yeah, Darth Vader's your grandpa. So potentially he already knew maybe Luke already told him, but uh, she was not privy to that information. Interesting. What do you think about that, Tim Q? How do you think, uh, do you think that's something we're going to see played out in this comic? Sure. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. It could have been Luke that told her. um, It would be interesting if he found out from a hollow message out of nowhere from his mother, because that could be a source of resentment uh, towards Luke, you know, even before Luke goes in and attacks him. (laughs) Um, Right, right. But back to what we were talking about with all the special treatment business, like, um, so sure, the relationship would have been a little bit different between Luke and Kylo just because they're family. But um, if you're training a bunch of force sensitive people, Kylo is the only one who's wielding a lightsaber. I don't think that you would treat somebody differently um, that much, give them that much more privilege than everybody else just because they're family. That doesn't quite seem jedi like to me yeah and i mean if we look back do we see a a lot of jedi really all right so we don't have a lot to base it off of canon wise now like when it comes to jedi and family we really don't have anything to base it well actually i take that back so in one of the canon books now there was a uh so there used to be uh jedi that were called jedi seekers and so these Jedi Seekers were those that uh, like traveled the galaxy, and basically they were the ones in charge of finding like uh, force sensitive young, you know, like young babies and young kids, and bringing them back to the Jedi to be trained. And uh, in one of the canon books, now one of these Jedi Seekers became a member of the Jedi Council later in life, and there was this Jedi student that she always somewhat favored, and come to find out she was actually the mother of this Jedi student. She had gone off and she was, you know, searching the galaxy for Jedi initiates. She ended up getting pregnant, had the baby, waited a little while and brought him back just because he was force sensitive, just as like, as if she had found this force sensitive random kid and she kind of favored him the whole time. But do I see Luke doing that? I almost think that Luke might be harder on a Jedi, you know, his, his nephew than than anything i don't think he's going to give him you know an easier time sure yeah i could definitely see that even knowing uh, his own past and the the struggles he had to deal with and the you know the cave on uh, dagobah and all of that he knows the kind of things his family is capable of so and i i kind of agree with what you're saying if anything if there's any kind of special treatment i think he would be giving kylo a harder time so just the fact that kylo is able to wield a lightsaber and nobody else is assuming the knights of ren are force users from uh, luke's academy speaks speaks a bit i think remember the cave remember your failure at the cave yeah yeah all right, so have you guys seen the latest uh, article from Esquire that come out? No. No, I believe, I believe I heard something about it, but I haven't looked into it. 
Uh, it came out today, and the head. I want to. I want to hear what you guys think about the headline first. The headline is, "A new Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker leak appears to confirm Ray's origins." My first question would be, with the Rise of Skywalker leak, is how legitimate is it, and do they cite who this leak, like who is like uh, reporting this leak? Is it uh, making Star Wars by chance? Uh, so the person who is the editor of this section, apparently his name is Matt. He's a culture editor. He covers music, movies, books, and TV with an emphasis on all things, star Wars, Marvel and game of Thrones. Hmm. And, and even if it's not legit, like I think we're going to find out where she came from that, that would not be a surprise to me at all. She has said that uh, in interviews that it is going to be addressed in further detail in episode nine. Yeah. So I'll, I'll paraphrase a little bit. Um, You might have to cut it together a little bit in editing Roach. Sorry. But uh, essentially what the article says is um, uh, in the force awakens, we like, we get, little bits of information like when she touches luke skywalker she has a vision she sees herself as a child her parents flying away from her like leaving her on Jakku. Wait, when does she touch luke skywalker luke skywalker's lightsaber oh okay i didn't say that um not an innuendo either <laughs> and then uh in the last jedi kylo ren tells her they were filthy junk traders who sold you off for drinking money dead in a pauper's grave in the Jakku desert. But what is interesting is that uh, those two stories obviously don't, you know, add up. If they flew away, leaving her on Jakku, why are they buried there in like a pauper's or poor person's grave? So right. like, who, who do we believe? Do we believe Kylo or do we believe Ray's vision? That's that's I'll, I'll I'll stop there for a moment while we discuss that because typically the force is tricky, right? Um, we had Luke Skywalker's vision on Dagobah where he kills Darth Vader and the mask explodes and he sees himself. So who do we trust? Do we trust the force? Hmm. Well, Kylo is trying to manipulate her. I I I still think he may have been outright lying when he revealed that um, her parents are nobodies. He, he still might know something we don't. Yeah, I agree that uh, that he was lying. And uh, we talked about this before, I think. Yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think Kylo has an interest in telling the truth of her parents. I think he, know, he, I think he does know something because hearkening back to the infamous scene where... Uh, you know, they, they they escaped. They were helped by a girl. What girl? Right. Yeah. What girl? So he knows oh, that there is Oh a starship. Yeah. They, she he knows something. But we don't yeah. know exactly what so, it is. So it's saying yeah, so in this timeline thing in this league it says a tiny ray watches helplessly as a starship pulls away, marooning her on the unfamiliar world of Jakku marooning her on the unfamiliar world of Jakku. And then like you're saying, Kylo's saying, oh yeah, they were junk traders uh, that sold you off for drinking money and they're in a pauper's grave on Jakku, implying heavily that they were just on Jakku. I almost think that 
if you notice, Kylo doesn't really start that. He asks Ray. He's like, you know, you know the truth. Tell, you know, say it. Tell me. Oh, they were nobodies. They were, they were nothing. And then he kind of like ad milked her emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's very like possible. just like Luke milked that weird youpy looking creature. Yeah. Yeah. Siren. <laughs> siren. Some sort of siren. And that was not a siren. Oh, yeah. Sirens are meant to be beautiful creatures with beautiful voices that lure people to their death. That creature had delicious milk, apparently. <laughs> and that's how they uh, they lured people in. Yeah, with, with delicious milk. But uh, I'll continue here. Um, so what it goes on to say is that uh, yeah, obviously Ray's origins is like one of the biggest mysteries and um, that with these things coming to light that with her vision that she might not have been from Jakku, most of us we already know, um, but uh, the language of the first point in the timeline appears to suggest that Ray wasn't from Jakku at all. Obviously, a tiny Ray watches helplessly as a starship pulls away, marooning her in the unfamiliar world of Jakku which would obviously mean that she was born and raised on a different planet as a baby and or young child. And would also seem to hint that Kylo was lying about Ray's parents because if they did leave her on a crazy weird planet, why would they go back there and die as nobodies? Right. And then it goes on to say, um, why would she be abandoned on Jakku? It's more like uh, exposition questions. Why would she be abandoned on Jakku? Uh, her vision appears to show her being sold off or left with junk trader Unkar Plutt. But uh, based on info from Kylo, Ray was sold off to him for drinking money, but there are other possibilities too. Ray could have been left there to hide her from the Jedi or Sith or both, which wouldn't be too far from the truth from what we saw with um, Obi-Wan and Bail Organa hiding Luke and Leia from Anakin. But apparently there's, there's another pretty important secret on Jakku which we've kind of talked about before. It's been in different books where Emperor Palpatine set up a research facility on Jakku to yeah, search out old Sith relics. I've, I've brought this up before in the past. So he had a, uh, a lab or an observatory there on Jakku. Yeah, that's something I, I've, I've brought up before, um, which kind of tied has tied into my theory that Ray may be some sort of an experiment or be tied into Palpatine in some way that he did. He had like an observatory. Um, he had a I can, there. Uh, you want me to read it to you? I have like a clip, like a, a blurb here. So apparently the Star Wars Wiki explains the Jakku Observatory was an observatory located on Jakku. It was part of a network of Emperor Palpatine's observatories across the galaxy. The Jakku Observatory was part of the Emperor's contingency plan to destroy the Empire in the event of his death. It was located under the Plaintive Hand Plateau and housed in a replica, housed replica of the Emperor's Yacht Imperialis. Computers displaying a map of the unknown regions, a storehouse of Sith relics and artifacts, and a borehole which led to Jakku's core. The future counselor to the Empire, Gallius Rax, was tasked with using the Jakku Observatory to execute the contingency by detonating Jakku and the orbiting Imperial and New Republic fleets. 
However, he was foiled by Grand Admiral Ray Sloan, Nora Wexley, and Brenton Lore Wexley. Which is Snap Wexley, which is uh, Greg Grunberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's break this down. Like, this is, a, this is a hole in, like, the theory I brought up, and somebody brought this to my attention a while ago. I forget who it was, but um, it was Brian, who's uh, Count Dookie. Um, the observatory there on Jakku was there, like, one of its main purposes was that borehole, and it was meant to destroy Jakku. But why? Why Jakku? Why does everyone want to go back to Jakku? Which is a good point because, um, like some of the other planets he wanted to destroy, it was like Naboo. It was, uh, there, and there was a few other like important worlds with observatories. So I would say this to those that would, that would say, uh, right, couldn't be something of that because uh, it was, you know, they were going to destroy Jakku. Well, obviously there was stuff going on there. The Emperor was destroying planets where he had stuff going on. Um, right. But what I think is more important about Jakku and maybe why he wanted Jakku destroyed is because, yeah, he might have been doing some pretty important research there, but maybe he foresaw an important battle that took place there, which left a bunch of Star Destroyers, you know, on the ground destroyed where people could salvage and look through and gather information on the Empire, which he didn't want people to have. And then why was Rey left on Jakku. I think she was left there for a reason. If you look back to or harken back to Qui-Gon talking to uh, Shmi, Anakin's mom, you know, the force brought us here. Like, none of this was an accident. You know what I mean? Like, the living force and things like that. And she apparently trained herself to be a pilot, according to the books, right, by using the simulations on the onboard computers of the ships that were already crashed on Jakku. Yeah, she was just playing like a sweet video game. Yeah. So she is, like, to me, she is like the female, older, better, what Anakin could have been. Hmm. You know, she's from a desert planet. She doesn't know her parents, doesn't, well, doesn't have parents. Um, nobody knows who they are. Maybe what? Kylo does. But, and she's a really good pilot, even though she's never flown before. Oh, well, she has flown before. Uh, there's like some like canon material where she's like flown some sky hoppers and stuff. But, but expanding oh, right. on that, just the her ability to rapidly learn techniques and abilities in um, The Force Awakens, it, you know, really speaks to really how in tune with the Force she is. How, how, all right. So 50 50 odds. 50, you know, percent over or under 50%. Ray is some sort of reincarnated chosen one. There's some part of Anakin that is Ray. And she's like gleaning from, she is in a sense the chosen one. That's why we haven't seen Hayden Christensen or heard from him up to this point. It's why he hasn't made an appearance. He's somehow like she, maybe she was a virgin birth or. Maybe it was manipulated by Palpatine, but it is Anakin's essence somehow in Ray. Over under 50%. I'll let Tim go first. I say under. I, I don't buy it. The The saga has always been, you know, the story of Anakin Skywalker. So I, I don't 
see her being some kind of new version of him who is somehow the fulfillment of the chosen one. I, I think she's her own thing and somehow Anakin's going to make his presence known um, in the new movie. So I say under. Yeah, I also say under. Look, the thing I said before was just like a hypothetical, but um, there are some mirrors that uh, that are hard to ignore. But yeah, I think under too because why? Why? Like, why do the same? Why do the same story? They did the same story again with the Force Awakens, kind of, because it was safe and it was the newest thing. But if they want to help create a new version of future Jedi, even though the Skywalker saga is ending now, why would they perpetuate the same damn story that's been going on for 40 years? Shift it up a little bit, leave some room for answers to be had in like the TV shows through Disney plus or future movies, one-offs, whatever. But yeah, I don't think... I don't think she's of Anakin. I think Kylo knows who she is. But if you look back at, like, yeah, she did have the vision of being there and her and a ship flying away. We don't know if her parents were in there, but she was watching it. Maybe she was just in awe. Well, you she was I mean? saying, come back. So whoever it was, she knew who they were. She wanted them to come back. And then she's talking about her family, so... But it might not be it might not be her family. It might just be people that she knew. The only people that she knew that dropped her off there, just kind of like how right. Obi Wan right. and Bale took Luke and Leia. It right. might not be her parents, but she was old enough at that point in time to have known somebody. So you're saying Ray is not of Anakin Skywalker. You don't think that she is Anakin Skywalker, but what do you give it over or under? She is a Skywalker somehow, some way. That's a very, very difficult question. I'm literally just on the line because who knows, dude? Who knows? She could be. The Rise of Skywalker could be so many things. Nobody's ever really dead. Okay, so the Skywalker legacy continues. But the Skywalker legacy could also be Luke continuing to teach Rey in the ways of the Jedi and keeping the legacy going as he saw the Jedi as it sh- as as he thinks it should be, hmm. like that. That's also technically the rise of Skywalker because on what you what you've learned, they are or we are what they grow beyond. Yeah, Timkey, what do you think? Over or under, Ray is a Skywalker somehow. Hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna go under again. I just somehow it makes more sense to me for her to not be a Skywalker, but um, I still think somehow the whole uh, the one prophecy is gonna come back. I think Anakin Skywalker is going to prove to be the one in some sense. You know, he was gonna be the one to bring balance to the Force, whatever that means. Right. Um, and I think. Ray is going to be instrumental in that, and I don't think that requires her to be a Skywalker. Whatever she is, I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go over that she is somehow a Skywalker, just maybe slightly. I'm pretty much there with you, Casey. I could see it go either way, but I also agree with you, Timkey. Where 
especially if she herself is not a Skywalker, she has to be instrumental in then Anakin fulfilling that prophecy of being the chosen one. And that's why I think it's really important that we have some sort of fulfillment of, or it lines up somehow it's connected. So either you have to connect her that she is a Skywalker and she is connected to Anakin Skywalker for him somehow to have like through his lineage or something brought this ultimate uh, balance or she has to interact with Anakin in some way to get him to do something to bring balance. Well, I mean like it could be so Anakin brings, so for every question, there's an answer in in the star Wars universe. Right. So like if there's a dark side, there's a light side response to it. Right. Okay. Um, and when darkness, you know, when darkness, darkness grows, rises. light rises to meet it. Light, yeah, rises to meet it, yep. So it's tough when you look at the prequels, when you look at an order of 10,000 plus Jedi and two Sith, and they take down the entire, you know, orchestrated thing the Jedi had going on. We had this conversation before about gray jedi and maybe they had the, they had an obscure view of the forest and they're right i don't think it's so much a numbers game as it is like you know is it possible to learn this power oh it's unnatural power it's unnatural i think it, the dark side is more of a it's, cancer it's, that needs to be extracted than uh well i don't think the dark side is never going to go away though if you look at like it's, the night, it's more the night insidious sisters, right, yeah. right. well huh, Darth Sidious. ah see now we're getting somewhere but uh it's you know it's it's you look at there's there's four sensitive people that are born all over the place right right they just have to be trained to harness and hone their abilities trained and or discovered like Qui-Gon had even said if he had been born in the republic we would have discovered him sooner yeah a seeker would have found him yeah so it's just it's very very difficult to kind of say what does balance mean does balance mean two okay. and two one and one does over balance under mean... do you think it, that there will be a like they will proclaim or it will show some sort of balance yeah more definitively even than what like return of the jedi we thought it did uh by the end of the rise of skywalker that they will somehow address that there has been a balance i think the word balance will be brought up so if if you're talking about a balance um, specifically and the word balance, I will say over on the word balance being used, but um, in the context, as you're saying it, no, no, you don't think that they're going to be like, Oh, you balanced the four. Yeah. No, I don't. I, that would be, that's too on the nose and too cheesy. Even for Star Wars, that's no. They're not going to be like, "Oh, Ray, you've brought balance." I think there's going to be a conversation between a Force ghost and somebody about the balance. And I think the balance isn't an overarching thing for the galaxy. I think the balance is in yourself. Ray, you to- you'll soon learn that much of this balance is BS. That's what Obi Wan's going to say. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think I think the balance is, is in the person. You have to balance the light side and the dark side. Because if you look at Rey when she was training the Force Awakens, Luke got mad because she went straight to the dark side. But she's obviously not a dark side character. So I think uh, I think the balance is actually in the person. That's what I think the balance is. 
Well, honestly, well, that, that's, I think that's what it's going to be for this movie for anyway. This movie, for now. So out of San Diego Comic-Con, we didn't have a whole lot of Star Wars news other than we talked about the, uh, the Visual Dictionary, obviously the Sith Trooper. Um, we talked about the, uh, the comic series coming out, the rise of Kylo Ren. Uh, Casey, you remember we brought up Project Luminous on the podcast before? That uh, at Star yeah, Wars. that was that was when yeah, that was the from Battlefront Two thing. Uh, no, at Star at Star Wars, um, that was that was another project something. But um, at uh, Star Wars Celebration, they announced that there's going to be like a multimedia platform. So like, uh, it's going to be books and comics. And they announced like Claudia Gray, who is the author of some of like the best Star Wars novels out there right now, or best regarded Star Wars novels. Uh, I believe a couple of the comic writers, including David S. Goyer, who's doing the Rise of Kylo Ren, is involved in it. And it is um, it's going to so it's at least going to be books and comics, and it's called Project Luminous. They didn't give any information about it at Star Wars Celebration, other than announcing that this thing was going to happen. It was going to start after uh, the rise of Skywalker in January. And at Comic-Con, they gave us the update that we're not going to talk anymore about project luminous, but it's still coming. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, we'll have to, you know, it, it is what it is. We have to wait for everything, but to kind of harken back again to what I said before, and, it, and, and it's growing on me more. And now that I said it and thought about it was, I think the balance lives within us. Because if you look at Anakin, he went super dark, killed a ton of people, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, he killed the Emperor and destroyed the Emperor and came back to the dark side. So I think the balance was, you know, Hmm. I think it's within every person. You have to find a balance between the dark side and the light. Because I don't think Anakin was wrong when he was talking to Padme in, in episode two, right? When he said you know, uh, technically we're encouraged to love compassion. You know what I mean? So I, th- Rail Amaros kind of talks about that too. Just leads me to believe even more and more, like the more I think about it and the more I talk about it, that the balance isn't some overarching galaxy related thing where there's 10,000 Jedi and 10,000 Sith or two Jedi and two Sith and blah, blah, blah. Um, or whether, darkness rises and or darkness is taken over and light rises to meet it uh that's just like the overarching you know scheme of the world but i think that in terms of the balance it's finding the balance in yourself i think that's i think that's what it is i I agree with you that's definitely a, a uh a path that they could take um so maybe the biggest Star Wars news that came out of Comic-Con wasn't even officially released by Star Wars, but it was released by uh, Kevin Smith. I have no idea. I've not seen it, but uh, but I was on set. I went to to uh, London at one point and uh, visited the set. JJ invited me because I had the heart attack. He was like, when I had the heart attack, he wrote me and he was like, you got to pull through, man, so you can come visit Star Wars. And I was like, can I be in it? He was like, come visit. So <laughs> I, I pulled through and I was the kind of asshole that wrote him back to be like, remember what you said? And he was like, come on out. So I got to hang out and be there on set. And there was a scuttlebutt about a set uh, there on, on at Pinewood, a big set that they were like, you have to see this. When you see it, it'll melt your mind. And I was like, what was it? And uh, they were like, uh, ask JJ. And so I asked JJ, I was like, they keep telling me I should see the set. And he goes, don't. I said, why? And he goes, the last shot of the movie. 
So I was like, well, now, you, now I really want to see it. And he goes, you don't want this spoiled. You want to be in a theater when this happens, trust me. And then other people on the crew were like, bro, I wish I hadn't seen it. I'm glad I did. He's going, but it will melt your mind. It's, it's, so I, for that reason alone, man, and as inquisitive as I am and curious as I am, I desperately wanted to go look. But like when you talk to the magician, the magician's like, trust me on this one. You know, sometimes as human beings, we want to know how they pulled a rabbit out of the hat. But JJ is such a magical magician that I'm just like, you know what? Do it. Trick me. I'll, I'll wait and get tricked. Even though I could have seen what it was, I was like, I'll sit back. I, I, I like your plan. He's never let me down so far. So it's there. I, I, there are people in the world that know what the last shot is, even if the movie's not fully cut together at this point. I'm not one of them. I think that's beautiful that you didn't look. So first of all, Casey, if you were in that position, would you look? Nope. Nope. I like being surprised, man. I don't like, I don't like seeing the spoilers. Thank you. Oh, I absolutely would look. <laughs> Just uh, like once I, in a lifetime. I couldn't help myself. But but I, I did. Want, I would be more mad that I couldn't be in it. I'd be like, all right, JJ, I won't look, but film me as a stormtrooper and give me like two seconds of <laughs> time. And then what if what if JJ was like, all right, come and see it. Kevin, like they're all like, oh, it's it's amazing. It's gonna be mind blowing. The last shot of the movie. Come look at this, and uh, he steps in, and it's just a green screen. Yeah, it's- I think I think it'd be funnier if he steps in, and it's just like Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> yeah. All right. So he says so, it's a set, and it's mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. I I've heard that clip twice now, and he did say. It's a set that he could have seen. So we know it's just a set and it's mind blowing. Mind melting. Mind melting. Yeah. It's mind melting. Okay. Well, you, can do a lot, you can do a lot with a set though. Like if it's a green screen thing, you can have any type of background. Well, you can presumably, any type it's of a, set. presumably it's a practical set that if he actually saw it, it was going to somehow this set was going to melt his mind. So what would what 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 set? I'm like Kevin Smith, and I like his nerdism. So I I believe what he's saying. Like he's he's like the ultra nerd, you know what I mean? So I don't. I yeah I, 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 I wouldn't have looked actually. Kevin Smith didn't see the set. He just, he ref, he decided not to see the set. So this is coming from J.J. Abrams and uh, crew saying jj right. told him don't do it it's the last shot of the movie and the crew is he's he's saying like several members of the crew people that said they had seen it they said that they were happy that they were there but they wish they hadn't seen it jj said wait till you're in a movie theater you want to experience this into a, in a movie theater so right. i 100 percent believe that because i i like jj and i like what he does with the movies right and i like and i like his enthusiasm for star wars and how he's treated it remember in uh, Star Wars Celebration 2015, before The Force Awakens came out. Yep. And, uh, man, they showed that little short, right? Of, like, a little kid playing with different things and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And at the end, it revealed there was, like, the Abrams residence. Like, that was made for... Like, he really, really cares. So, I think, uh, I think that he's probably right. He was probably right that, yeah see this in the theater because if you see this here 
Right. It's but kinda... what do you think it could be? Man, I don't even want to speculate because I want to see it in the theater. Um, what could it be? It could be Ray reuniting with her parents. It could be some sort of like weird kyber crystal explosion that takes the universe back to where there were no Sith and Luke and Anakin are alive. Like who knows? But it's a it's a set, right? They they said in the clip it's a set. set. Right, but but that doesn't mean you can't do CGI or green screen effects on a set. That that's done all the time. Right. When 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 Anakin and Obi Wan were fighting, that was on a set. Right. They were fighting on a set. Right, but even so, that set's not going to blow your mind. I mean, JJ is a nerd like the rest of us. I think he has a pretty good idea of what's going to blow our minds. And yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. I've been to Galaxy's Edge twice, dude. Uh, my mind's been blown both times. Yeah, like the set or, or what's going to melt our mind. Like, so your mind's been blown. This is going to melt your mind. Like, this is like, there's. There's a difference between like, oh yeah, there's a lot you can do. Like you can put a green screen up like you're saying, but you know, as we know, like they've been trying to go physical as much as possible in these. So I think it's a physical set, but what location? Like, yeah, you can be like, oh cool. There's the, uh, it's like the, uh, the Naboo throne room, but that's it's probably, it's probably Tatooine, dude. That's the only way it would blow your mind if it was Tatooine. Is that mine? So- you, you walk onto a set, you recognize it's Tatooine, um, and you know that that's the last shot in the last movie. Is your mind melted? Yeah, is that what melts your mind seeing? Okay, so it has been heavily rumored that at Pinewood, uh, they did build the Lars Homestead, the set of the Lars Homestead. But is that going to melt your mind? Uh, if it turns out that she's related to Luke Skywalker, then yes. But you don't know that. So you walk onto a set, you know it's the last shot, you see Tatooine. Does that melt your mind? You know what I would love to see, dude? You know what I think is going to happen, honestly, as as an aside? I think we're going to see Ewan McGregor as old Obi-Wan. <laughs> do that. And I think that it's going to tease... The actual Obi-Wan movie. Well, that, yeah, they'll just use the face app. Did you guys see on our Instagram that I put up? If you just use the face app uh, aging filter for Ewan McGregor and some of the shots of Obi-Wan, like he looks a heck of a lot like Alec Guinness. I didn't see um, that. Oh, yeah. Wow. That looks, yeah, that's pretty damn good. Obi, like uh, Ewan McGregor looks. <laughs> Al Guinness, yeah, it's there. Yeah, you just put the age filter on Neil McGregor. It looks a heck of a lot like Alec Guinness. Going back to the last shot, I think that the only thing I can think of that would blow my mind would be like I joked around before that uh, here's my joking response that somehow it's like Moss Espa on Tatooine and it reveals that Ray's real name is Shami or she has a kid and the kid's name is Shami and there's some sort of time travel craziness and she's either Shami Skywalker or she gives birth to Shami Skywalker and it's just like create it starts the whole thing over again like the end no, I mean more realistic was like I like I could see maybe her being a daughter of Shami later on 
I know neither of you guys have watched uh, Rebels, but in Rebels, they introduced this thing called the World Between Worlds. And in it, it's basically just like space. It's like you're in the middle of space. There's like these floating uh, walkways and there are different portals you can look in and there's like different important moments in time. So, and you can reach in like in one instance, he was able to reach in, pull somebody out, out of danger and then had to, but they returned back to that same portal just like a couple seconds later, but the danger had passed. Um, it's kind of almost like the lost thing. Like it always happened. But so, I mean, there is a type of time travel that has been brought forward in the rise of Skywalker or in the star Wars universe. So I wonder if the rise of Skywalker will use that at all. Interesting. Uh, anyway, let's, uh, I'm already, you know, like 20, I'm already like 30 minutes past my, uh, end time here. So thank you. What's the five thing you wanted to bring up? Five, 50 minutes. Uh, yeah. The last thing okay. to bring up was a canon, uh, a canon character uh, spotlight. And if you had somebody in mind, Rats Tyrell, what do you think Rats. of that, Casey? Rats Tyrell, you called me Rats Tyrell very, very recently. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, you, you told me you told me a funny story about watching episode one with your daughter, and um, it inspired me to look up this character to yeah. figure out everything there is about him. And uh, it, it turns out it's it's pretty interesting guy uh, in the in the. Um, Boone to Eve classic pod race, you know. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, he died in episode one. I think he did. Yeah. He he's the only one who died in that pod race. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, I was so I was yeah I was watching episode one with my daughter within the last week or so, and um, she's paying attention on and off, and we sit down like she sits on my lap, and we're watching the pod race, and Rats Tyrell. If you remember, he's a guy who crashes into a uh, stalactite, right. and um, he makes a sound. Sean can do it much better than me. But it's like, <laughs> uh, jo- I think Josh is going to try and play it here. Yeah, I'm looking it up here. Uh... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. Was that better? <laughs> yeah. No, as no, soon Casey's as, got it. Casey's got it. As soon as that happened, yeah. <laughs> as soon as that happened, Natalia looked at me and was like, she like with a surprise face and was like, oh. <laughs> Like an old Asian man. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. But yeah, no, she did. Like, and we we'd watched like uh, episode one. Like Star Wars is on TV pretty frequently, and I'll put it on occasionally. And um, like a couple of weeks ago, before we actually watched the whole movie, uh, it was the fight between Obi Wan, Qui Gon, and Darth Maul. And you know they're fighting with lightsabers, obviously. So I have I have two like regular like norm like big lightsabers. Like I have one that I built at Galaxy's Edge, and then one Force FX lightsaber. 
And uh, as soon as she saw them fighting on screen, she ran over to where my lightsabers are and, and came back, grabbed my hand and pulled me over and made me grab them. And we turned them on and we fought. Like we fight with the lightsabers two or three times a week, actually. <laughs> That's bringing a child up in the right way. I agree. That's right. But getting back to Rats Tyrell. So this guy, I think canonically um, had a wife and three children um, attending the race. Um, One had just been born, one of his children, a newborn. And so they're all watching (laughs) the whole thing take place. This is all in deleted scenes. And so it's just like, version now like in the dvd versions yeah yeah so the whole thing is just so much sadder now like if it's just a single guy you know a racer like you like you, you know the risks you're under you, you know what can happen but like <laughs> his wife and kids are watching it happen it just like kind of makes it a little messed up wasn't it supposed to be his last? I believe at one point somebody had said that it was supposed to be his last race. Well, it says, so um, I'm reading it too, and it says that his main goal and basically in, as a racer was to beat Doug Sabobo. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, Rats Tyrell started in front. He fell to the middle. Um, he was off to a good start. Start, but his accelerator jammed while he distracted himself with another pilot, speeding toward a group of selectites. He was powerless to swerve out of the ray due to his broken controls. He screamed frantically as he sped to his fate. Even if he could have survived, he would have received no help from rescue teams as they avoid the caves, given that they're fearful of the great dragons inhabited by them. <laughs> Uh, after his demise, his family was reportedly seen grieving after the race's end. In fact, <laughs> the little scrapper's death became an emotional event for the entire planet of Aline, who had lost That's right. perhaps their most well-known resident. That's right. He's the most famous person from that planet because of his success as a pod racer. And so his death um, w- was a major shock to that whole planet. Terrible. It's like Derek Jeter dying. Yeah. he's already he retired so he's already dead in terms of baseball <laughs> yeah i was thinking like princess die or something just like you know somebody so important to your culture you know just is is killed and in, in uh well, because in a, she also in a tunnel tim q that's pretty low <laughs> like, like, like like i think that would be like uh god damn it now i'm now i'm struggling here um we still love you uh, Usain Bolt, like if we had sent him to like run track on different planets, right. any crashes? I don't think that's going to be fatal. Well, it depends on you know gravity and how fast <laughs> they run. But, 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 you know what I mean? Racing <laughs> on Jupiter. <laughs> Good old gas giants. I, I mean, he can he can run what like thirty miles an hour. So I guess if he went full speed into a wall, like it might not be good. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no, I mean, like the only thing pod <laughs> racing is like if they were racing fighter jets. So like, okay. John, John Glenn. <laughs> John Glenn. And Jeff Glenn. John Glenn was racing spaceships on a different planet. And he, he crashed into a cave. As our most famous space explorer. <laughs> you gotta do it now. You gotta do it. This sounds like a horrible burp. <laughs> but alright, guys, I gotta go. You gotta go. What are you- um away. We are the Talking Sith Pod across most and all social media platforms, even the ones that uh haven't been created yet, according to Casey here. Uh, in perpetuity across the universe. That's how they sign film contracts. Like when when we sign it, when when uh, talent signs a release form, we can use it in any form and fashion across any platforms created and not yet created in perpetuity across the universe. That's literally, what it says. You can also find us on various podcast platforms, including iTunes, Podcast Go, or whatever your favorite podcast reverie is email us at talkingsithpod at gmail.com and may the force be with you always <laughs> good <laughs> good <laughs> Everything expressed in the podcast is the intellectual property of Talking Sith. We are not affiliated with Disney or Lucasfilm in any way. Star Wars is their property. We just like to talk about it.